0: Hello friend and welcome to the Trenton 365 Show. I'm your host, Jacques Howard. You're listening over the stellar award-winning station, WIMG 1300, and over the internet, WIMG1300.com. WIMG is also... The oldest radio station in the state of New Jersey, something for the historians to keep that in mind. There's a little tie into that later on as well. And if you're watching, it's over WPHY, Channel 25, covering Mercer County, New Jersey. The Trenton 365 show has a Facebook page. You can also follow us over Twitter at Trenton365. And um, let's see, what else did I forget? Uh, website. Trenton365.com. So there's a lot of information I want to get out to you. And for the historians who are in the audience, this is a spectacular time for you to learn about the Roebling family. And this can be done through a play that's going to be taking place very soon, a performing play, performing artist's play, a stage play at Mercer County Community College. But we're going to get into all the details in a bit. Ladies first, Ruth Marco, welcome to the Trenton 365 Show.
1: Thank you, Jacques. It's a
0: pleasure. Oh, you are welcome. And my new friend, Mark Violi, welcome to the Trenton 365 Show as well. Thank you, Jacques. It's uh, great to be here. Thanks. Awesome. So what I'd like to do is give people a little background information. Ruth is a cyclist. Uh, in, the, in the local area as well. So Ruth is one of those uh, people who's always enjoying her bicycle. So she joins us for the Trenton Social bike ride. She's been on the Trenton Cycling Revolution bike ride as well. So she is someone who's committed to uh, being involved in the community, but also getting her physical fitness through riding a bicycle. So I'll be tapping Ruth as we move forward uh, in some tr- uh, strategic ways to build a better community through bicycling. So with that out of the way, so Ruth, why don't you introduce yourself to the listening and viewing audience in the market, I'd like you to do the same as well.
1: Okay, well, my name is Ruth Marco and I actually live in Lawrenceville, but I'm just committed to everything Mercer County. Um, and uh, I have a theater company called Theatre to Go. Theatre to Go has been in existence since 1992 and um, over the years we've expanded from doing just audience participation comedy theater such as Murder Mysteries, we've expanded to doing stage plays, stage readings, um, audience participation, movie musical sing-alongs, we've kind of expanded our reach. So um, the next, the upcoming thing we're doing is of course Robling the Story of the Brooklyn Bridge, which is Mark Violi's play that he wrote. And uh, we've been working, collaborating together on producing it for the last uh, five or six years, I guess. And this is, our, this is now going to be our, um, well, the fourth go-round for the show, but the third for me, for theater to go, and for me as director. And that's pretty much it. Other than that, I have, uh, I, I'm, I have three daughters and three grandchildren, and... I would be delighted to share as much information about them as you'd like, (laughs) (laughs)
0: anytime. And and that's fantastic. And I will absolutely make sure that we do that because I think that part of developing a community is how do we um, let everyone know what we're doing, that we have families and we're involved in all these different things but we've got you know daughters and grandchildren and and the ups and downs of life as well and then we can kind of figure out hey how, how are you balancing this and how did you do this and then it helps i think for everyone to to get to know each other better and eliminate some of those barriers
1: I, i'm actually also a, a certified speech and language pathologist so i i'm in and around trenton a lot doing home visits on various patients with various communication disorders so I do a little bit of everything. <laughs> Fantastic
0: and a piecemeal life together. So <laughs> Mark now over to you a little bit a little bit of information about who you are and your history et cetera. Well my name
2: is Mark Violi and I'm a uh, lifelong Mercer County resident. I went to high school right at Hamilton West not far from where we are now and um, over the last uh, 10 years or so I've been a, uh, a writer I've written uh, two plays, one of them is uh, Roebling, the story of the Brooklyn Bridge. I also write screenplays, I've written seven feature film screenplays and I've uh, been fortunate enough to option a couple of those titles to to Hollywood. And um, I've been an actor much longer than I've been a writer, I've I've been on the stage and in front of the camera quite a bit. I have a lovely wife and a boy and a girl who I'm sure would be very pleased that I'm mentioning them
0: on the radio. <laughs> All right. Well, why don't you put their names out there? Angelina, Angelina and Joseph. Fantastic. Angelina and Joseph. Hi from Jacques Howard <laughs> and the Trenton 365 <laughs>
1: show. I should say that Mark and I actually met, he, he was an actor in one of my shows. Yes. Which one was it? It was, uh, it,
0: it was
2: Arsenic and Old Arsenic Lace. Arsenic and Old Lakes. Yes.
1: And that's how we met and he since has worked with me on all the murder mysteries and now we're collaborating on this. So I've known him. A long time. He's like, he's like the son I never had. <laughs> <Honestly>. <laughs>
0: That's great. So let's let's jump right into talking about theater to go. Sure. And um, what what made you want to start a theater company? Um, do you have a background in performing arts, et cetera?
1: Yes, actually, um, I've been th- I've been in theater all my life. Um, I performed all through high school and college and um, beyond. And what happened with theater to go is that. Um, I was performing in Murder Mysteries for another company in the early 90s, late 80s, early 90s, and the fellow, the company that I was working for, he moved out of state. So he pretty much said to me, you want to take this over? And I said, yeah, why not? And then I made it my own. It started off as R&R Productions, because at that time I had a different partner, um, but he also moved out of the state. Um, so then I just absorbed the whole thing as Theater to Go, which is a name that my daughter came up with because we travel. Mm-hmm. So, All right, great.
0: And then how did that transition to Mark, you being a part of Theater to Go?
2: Um, as Ruth said, we met during a, a play that she did at, at Kelsey Theater, Arstic and Old Lace. And... Um, uh, she must have liked something about my performance, as small as it was at the time, and um, and she asked me if I would be interested in joining her her troupe of uh, traveling players for theater to go. And since then, I've done probably close to uh, eighty or a hundred uh, shows with with Ruth. Um, and Ruth continues to to direct. Um, outside of theater to go, as she's directing uh, Roebling, she, she's directed other shows at Kelsey Theater and, and Beyond, and, um, and I've been uh, fortunate to be a part of uh, some
0: of those as well. Mm-hmm. And Mark, uh, can you talk about the process for coming up with an idea or a concept or a theme of writing a play? I mean, there's a lot of people, including myself, you know, I like to jot down notes, I've got papers all over the place, in my car, at my desk, all over the place, and... Uh, what's the process that a professional goes through to say hey I want to drill down on this particular subject or this theme and then write a play from that?
2: Oh wow that's a great question and I hear, it, I hear it a lot. Um, and for me it's, it's different for everything that I'm writing. When I wrote Robling, Robling was the first thing I ever really wrote. Um, I, was, I started writing it about 10 years ago and um, I was in a situation where I, I had been an actor for a while and, but I always knew I wanted to write. But I was in, in the unenviable situation of not knowing how to write and not having anything to write about. So um, I'm, I've always been a history buff, and I still read history constantly. And I was watching the History Channel one night, and there was this brief, it was only about a half-hour episode of... I don't I don't know what it was but they were talking about the building of the Brooklyn Bridge. And I and growing up locally, I've always known that the Roebling family built the Brooklyn Bridge, but I I never knew anything about the family itself and and how this uh, this amazing story that, that that there was underneath the uh, the bridge that we see standing there today. Mm-hmm. It's truly an amazing an, an amazing story and and it it had a beginning, a middle and an end already there. So I I figured this could be something that I could work with. So uh, really, I, I forced myself to to research this, and to um, and to dramatize it. I did some uh, initially some quick research to find out if anybody had had ever written a play about it, and I wasn't able to find anything um, at all, uh, or or a movie for for that matter. There's um, there are some books that that are written about about the building of the Brooklyn Bridge, factual volumes, uh, The Great Bridge by David McCullough is um, the, the most famous, I, I would think. Um, but as far as the dramatization of the story goes, I think I might be the first one to do it. <laughs> <laughs> and um, and it, it, was, uh, it was a labor of love, really. It took me about a year and a half to go through all the research that I wanted to, to, get, to get out, uh, libraries, books, uh, Rensselaer Polytechnic Institute, uh, <laughs> and um, and and I had a uh, first draft of the play, and I sh- I shared that with uh, with Ruth and, and some other people, and we, we had a reading, and it sat on the shelf for a while after that, and then I had a um, um, uh, fortunate happenstance of making some connections at Actors Net of Bucks County, and they they uh, they really liked the play. And it had its premiere there in 2009. So that's the genesis, really, of of Robling. And for everything else I write, it just comes to me in different ways. The other the other play that I wrote, uh, I, I dreamt a little piece of it, and and I built a whole story then around this little piece of a dream that I had. Which is mm-hmm. also
1: historical. It's also mm-hmm. a historical drama called yeah. Writing a Comet about mm-hmm. World War II.
2: And that was also premiered at uh, at Actors' Net. So. so.
1: Hopefully, I'll be able to help them get that one off the ground, too.
0: Mm -hmm. So, So, so Ruth, transitioning Uh over, and and talk about the process of someone coming to you. And I know you have a relationship with Mark, uh, a previous existing relationship. But how does that process work when someone says, I've got an idea, I've got a play or a performance, I need a theater company, or I would like to partner with a theater Mm -hmm. company? What's that process
1: like? Well, with Mark, it was really my first foray into that. Um, and we, we sort of worked, worked it out together how we were going to do it. And he actually approached me to produce it because the Roebling Museum wanted to put it on there at, mm-hmm. at their um, the, the auditorium, the old auditorium building in the town of Roebling is a historical building, and they wanted us to, to produce it there, so Mark approached me and did it. But basically, in answer to your question, I, you know, as a producer, it, the play has to have... General interest. Um, it can't be too big. Mm-hmm. You can't have 30, 40 people in it because then it gets too expensive to produce, you know, and hard to cast as mm-hmm. well. Um, and you know, you have to be able to have a good marketing plan to get it off the ground. Most of all, you really have to believe in the product. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's how things are done in New York, and that's how things are done in Philadelphia, and that's how things are done even uh, here in, in in the Trenton area. Mm-hmm. Um, it's just the prices are a little different. The price tag in New York is a lot higher. <laughs>
0: Thank God.
1: <laughs> <laughs> <Really>. <laughs> but, so, so that's how we did it. We started off at the World New Museum, and then from there, we we transitioned to the um, as part of NJ three hundred and fifty. A couple of years ago, I I partnered with the State Museum to do it in their auditorium, and we did we did that, <coughs> which was great. I mean, very well received. And then Kelsey approached us and had this spot. So. We keep moving it north. Hopefully we'll continue to move it north and eventually get it into the Brooklyn Bridge or in that area, but that's the goal, obviously, is to get it out, uh, this particular play.
0: That would be fantastic if if we could have a a play that was based out of Mercer County, out of this region, started here, cut its teeth here, worked its way to New York, um, to the Brooklyn Bridge, and then refocus the energy back to Trenton where Roebling really had the factories and where the family um, became who they are here. In well, Trenton, I have a
1: lot of contacts in New York City right now, and it's amazing that even people who live in Brooklyn and have been lifelong Brooklyn residents and know about the bridge, they all have sort of a smattering of an idea of how it happened, but none of them knows the Trenton connection. Nobody knows the Trenton connection, which mm. is really very interesting, because I mean, I they think they, they believe that he like, was from Brooklyn Heights, and that's just where he did his work. That's hmm. where he was from. So all of that is very interesting to people when they find that out, as is the story of Emily Roebling, which is the thing that drew me the most to this play. Mm-hmm. Well, before
0: that. we get into Emily Roebling mm-hmm. and the Roebling family, can you share the contact information where people can learn more about the play?
1: Sure. Uh, well, the easiest thing to do is to go to Roblingplay.com, www.roblingplay.com, and that gives you all kinds of things about the history of the play, the history of the family, and ticket information. Um, as far as getting tickets to the show, uh, kelseytheatre.net. Um, it's kelseytheatre.net, is that right? Yes. Yeah, kelseytheatre.net for tickets. Or they could call 570-3333 and get tickets for our show. Um, and then, of course, Theatre to Go. It's theatre gocom but it's spelled the American way. T-H-E-A-T-E-R-T-O-G-O
0: fantastic so that's good and we'll drill down on the contact information later as well okay. so that people can go there as well and uh, i'm speaking with ruth marco and mark violi um, of the roebling play which is going to be taking place in the region shortly and uh, you can find out more by going to the website the so mark i wanted to uh, talk to you a little bit about the the family themselves and um what was it about well why don't you give a little synopsis of the Roebling family, and then we'll pick and choose little bits and pieces about them, and then we'll swing it over to you and talk about Emily. Sure, I would love to. Um, and for, for the purposes of, of the play, we're, we're concentrating
2: on, on uh, John Roebling, who was a, uh, a German immigrant who, who came over, uh, he, was, he was a trained engineer, came over to Pennsylvania and started a, um, a little society of his own called uh, Saxenburg, out in uh, western Pennsylvania. And he, he quickly um, turned to industrial pursuits again and, and became a premier engineer in North America, uh, bu- building many structures, uh, most notably the John A. Roebling Suspension Bridge, formerly known as the uh, Cincinnati Covington Bridge. Uh, at the time that bridge was completed, it was the longest bridge in the world. I believe that was completed in 1866. <clears throat> and. Um, and he had the idea, it was John's idea, to build a bridge from Manhattan onto Long Island, uh, where the city of Brooklyn was. At the time, uh, Brooklyn and New York City were, were separate entities, they were separate cities. And really, the bridge facilitated the growth that both cities needed to join, uh, to, to become one uh, giant city. Um, So he he fought for for years uh, to get approval to lobby Congress for money, and uh, eventually he got approved a budget of uh, seven million dollars. Was it Uh, seven million dollars to build the the Brooklyn Bridge? Mm -hmm. And
1: uh, it did cost (laughs) more at the end. It ended up being uh, uh,
2: no. It was uh, it was like (laughs) fifteen, I think. Fifteen million (laughs) dollars. And um, the the real turn in the story happens pretty early, where John is. Is very is abruptly injured on in a freak boat accident. He's out in the East River surveying for locations for the tower, and as as his boat is heading back to the Brooklyn dock, a ferry comes along and bumps his boat, and and it crushes his foot between the boat and the dock, and it's a pretty bad injury. He has to have a couple toes uh, amputated, which he goes uh, he has them amputated without any morphine. Um, Yes, that must have been quite an experience. Mm-hmm. Uh, in, in any year, <laughs> exactly. And um, and uh, he was what, what's worse than that is his refusal to take any antiseptic uh, medication. And John develops tetanus and dies uh, 24 days after the accident. So now this massive undertaking, with uh, with all all of the approvals that have that have been done, all the hands that had that, that had to be uh, shaken, is now in a perilous situation. The mastermind behind it, who, uh, who not only came up with the idea, came up with the design of the bridge, and has been using and implementing um, unique materials, including wound wire, wound rope wire, which was uh, outlawed at the time in, in England because people thought it was unsafe. But John knew that it was the material that they needed to build the bridge. So now this man is gone. So who's going to build the bridge? Well, they tap his son, Washington Roebling, who he himself is an engineer attending uh, Rensselaer. And uh, Washington had served in the Civil War, but he had never led any kind of construction. So he's more of an academic engineer by this point. And now he's asked to be, to be in charge of the largest engineering project in history. And um, so he, re- he reluctantly takes the mantle of responsibility of being chief engineer in his father's place. And Washington, too, Suffers a grave injury uh, during a, uh, a fire in one of the caissons. caisson is a large underwater box that 's submerged in the East River where men are digging inside at the silt of the river in order to find a firm footing for the for the tower there was a, um, There was a fire inside one of the caissons, and uh, Washington rushes in and upon exiting the caisson, he is struck with uh, what they called Quezon's disease, which we now know as the Benz. At, at the time, though, it was a very mysterious condition that uh, no one knew how to treat, no one knew what the cause was, and, um, and he, he was crippled between that incident and other similar incidents. He ended up being paralyzed, and, um, and he had to be in a wheelchair, and he could not breathe very well, he could not speak much above a whisper, And again, the project is in serious doubt. He can't even go down to the work site and and instruct his workers. So this is where Emily comes in. And I'll I'll, I'll let Ruth take over and tell you about Emily.
1: Well, um, now Emily Rowling, just a little bit of background, was a very well-educated woman, um, very strong-minded, very intelligent. And while um, when Washington was in danger of losing the contract because he couldn't be the chief engineer anymore, he couldn't go down to the work site anymore, she took it upon herself to study elements of bridge engineering and offered to become his spokesperson down at the worksite so she um, they, after some discussion she, uh, it was agreed that she would go down there and be his representative on the worksite she did that for eleven years the final eleven years of the construction of the bridge was really led by Emily Roebling carrying forth the instructions of her husband, which, of course, she had to understand. Um, so the, the tagline for our show, it's uh, the story, it's the drama about the men who built the, Bro- the Brooklyn Bridge and the woman who finished it. Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, and I'd right like for you, you, I, I haven't heard that, um, that portion of the story like I would assume most people haven't. Okay. So this is not only a women's rights an inequality thing but also know, knowing about Washington mm-hmm. and um, you know the, the precursor that it could have been for the Americans with Disabilities Act. Well, no doubt. Yeah. It,
1: the, the whole play actually, I think, one of the reasons that I was drawn to it um, is that it, it encompasses so many different topics that are so relevant in today's culture. First of all, John Roebling was an immigrant who came over here from, of course, it was in the early 1800s, but he was still an immigrant. Second of all, he was like right at the cusp of, of, the, of the Industrial Revolution. He was in the, in the throes of the Industrial Revolution with innovative techniques and, and things that he never before tried to do huge things. The Brooklyn Bridge was the largest structure in New York City. It was the tallest, largest thing in New York City at the time.
2: It's hard to imagine. Hard but the, to imagine. the towers of the, uh, of the Brooklyn Bridge were the, the tallest thing in, in the New York skyline. They're two hundred 277 feet above sea level, and they were, for several years after the bridge was completed, they were the tallest man-made structures in the Western Hemisphere.
1: Mm. So all of this people don't know. So then on top of that, we get Emily, you know, who really, she she's, uh, it's STEM all over again. It's like a woman mm. who learns about bridge engineering, uh, um, civil engineering. Um, and is intelligent and capable enough to go and do this at a time when she couldn't even vote. Mm-hmm. She mm-hmm. wasn't even allowed to vote. Now, my impression of Emily from everything I've read about her is that she was not a, you know, placard-carrying feminist. She was doing this in support of the vision of her family, in support of her husband and the and the, the project that was going to be so amazing. So. It's immigration, it's women, it's, it's uh, it does industrial revolution, it's family. It encompasses so much, you know, of all of those topics that are so relevant even today. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and then, of course, you know, uh, and, and on top of it, Mark has written a play that is not a, it's not a documentary. I mean, he told you the documentary version. But it's actually a very gripping and compelling drama in the way he's written it. Um, that, you know, even though you know how it's going to end, you kind of (gasps) go, you know, at a few times through it. Um, So, you know, I, I, and, and, and like you didn't know a lot of the story, a lot of people don't know the story. I've, when I, when I share this with people, especially in New York, when I share it with people, everybody knows a little bit, but. Sometimes the information is not right. Like, mm-hmm. like they said, wasn't it Washington's mother who completed the bridge? No, no, no. <laughs> it was the wife. Wasn't? weren't they African American? No, they were German, <laughs> German American. You know, um, but people get very excited about the story. They get very excited. The people who are who are interested in learning about it are like super excited <laughs> because it's a great story. <laughs>
2: Another thing about uh, about Emily. Um, talking about the twists and turns in the story, at, at one point in, this, in the story and in, at, and in the history of the bridge, the, um, the steel contract that, uh, that Roebling Steel has to, to make the steel and provide the steel for the bridge is revoked and given to another supplier, a supplier in, in Brooklyn. And this supplier intentionally degrades the quality of steel that John Roebling had specified. And now it's, it's much, much weaker than it needs to be to support the bridge. And this caused several accidents and several deaths. Mm. And uh, one thing Emily did was she went to the bridge commission okay. and became the, 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 first per, the first female to address a, uh, a public league of, of engineers, and, and told them what's what, <laughs> and, and got them to, to give the, uh, the steel contract back to Roebling, and she got them to keep her disabled husband on as chief engineer. Wow.
1: And the, so project was, the, pro, all, the whole project was 13 years, and she, did, she was responsible for the last 11.
0: Mm-hmm. So there's a lot of community organizing going on there, there at all that time <laughs> as well.
1: Yes. Great. There, there you go.
0: Share the contact information for Theater to Go as well as the Robling play. Okay. Please.
1: It's uh, www.theatertogo.com, and that's T-H-E-A-T-E-R-T-O-G-O.com. And we also have a Facebook page, which is Theater to Go NJ. And the Roebling Play is uh, a lot easier. It's roeblingplay.com and Roebling Play on Facebook. (laughs) And you'll see pictures and a lot of, especially on the uh, theater to go, you'll find out a lot about other things that we do in addition to the Roebling Play. In fact, we just did a a murder mystery just the other day for a company, and we have some pictures online about that on the Facebook page. But the Roebling Play, it's specifically about the, the show. And it's actually, the full title of the play is Roebling the story of the Brooklyn, uh, the story of the Brooklyn Bridge. Okay,
0: all right, great. So um, I'd like to to swing this in a, a little bit of a different direction because um, the educational component of it really excites me, and I know um, Clifford Zink yes. um, is, a, is a historian in the area. Um, he's been on the show before, and hello, Clifford, mm-hmm. and. Um, I know he, he's someone who's worked with you on this and, and he's uh, partnering in some capacity. but I'd like for you to talk about the potential educational component of this because tonight you've shared a lot with me about the Rubling family and about the bridge that I didn't know. And I'm someone who's pretty connected you know to the city mm-hmm. and to this region, et cetera. So what are some potential educational components to this play? Um, with some outreach to uh, some, some other students and, and well, women in the area?
1: we are offering a couple of things right now. First of all, the, Roebling, the production at Kelsey, we are scheduled as of now to have a school performance on Wednesday the 9th at 10 o'clock in the morning. Um, so if any, anybody wants to bring their students, they should get in touch with Kelsey Theater. And I, it is at a discounted rate.
2: I want to interject really quickly, if I can, that we feel really strongly about the educational mm-hmm. component as, as well. So that, that that's something we've, we've discussed a lot yeah. amongst ourselves and we, we do recognize the potentiality there mm-hmm. uh, to, to reach out to people in this community and, and, and beyond, really. Mm-hmm.
1: So the other thing that we have, specifically about Emily, we have um, a mini presentation. It's a one-hour presentation, which is a combination of um, of A couple of scenes from the play. Mark narrates it. We have visuals to show slides of the bridge and of the family, Um, and we call that "Emily Roebling, the Woman Who Saved the Brooklyn Bridge," Um, which tells you know really focuses on her story, Um, and that is available for travel. That the big show is hard to travel with because it's got a lot of it's got a lot of elements that don't travel well. (laughs) But this show is available for travel, and in fact, we just did a performance of it. Um, at the 1867 Sanctuary in Ewing Mm -hmm. just this past Saturday and we're going to be doing it again at the Roebling Museum this Saturday, this coming Saturday. And we have a a whole educational package that we're offering up to schools that will also have at some point, we haven't finished it yet but there will be a curriculum guide also and we're we're hoping to promote it um, for STEM uh, programs and also for um, women's history month in March along with the with the educational um, curriculum guide
0: okay that's that's fantastic and um, that so so I always like to marry the 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 present with the historical component Mm -hmm. and building this to our future and the way that you've explained it and laid it out just makes so much sense um, the the Roebling family. It's got a town basically named after it, a small city. Uh, in addition to that, most of the buildings that are getting redeveloped in Trenton right now are their buildings at one point in time. Neighborhoods. The neighborhood that I live in, Franklin Park, was specifically designed for the people who worked at the Roebling factories mm-hmm. to have that sort of a uh, suburban feel, a little bit of a yard, etc. And then the immigration portion of it. That's right. You know, you, you've got German immigrants who are coming in who aren't really uh, socially a, a large makeup of the population now, but that translates directly to the African countries and the Latino-Hispanic countries as well. And in addition to that, knowing of the, um, the, the health issues, the sepsis, mm-hmm. um, wheelchair bound and the women's rights to me that is so poignant to exactly where we are now as a country and and i think when i look at like as the successes of of some other plays and things that are happening throughout the country on broadway etc where they're marrying history Mm. and telling it in a different way so that it's being adapted to this population to this generation now we're opening up we're being a bit more progressive with mm-hmm. things now we 're including young people into the mix, so now we can safely pass that baton on and, and and I say this because almost at fifty years old, not really knowing that much about the Roebling family and their influence in this region and also in engineering oh, yeah. for the world i'm a little i 'm a little disappointed. But at least now you guys are helping to make that happen and bring it about. We, we do
2: think that this is a largely forgotten story. Yeah. And uh, Emily in particular, uh, you don't hear anything about Emily Roebling in the realm of women's history, mm-hmm. engineering, industry. She's, she's just not part of the conversation. And, um, and we, we, we really aim to change that. Although <laughs> I have
1: to say one thing. This is interesting. Um, I was doing a whole bunch of Facebook blasts the other day uh, about the show, and I went to high school in New York City. I went to Hunter College High School, which, by the way, is the school that Lin-Manuel Miranda went to, (laughs) many years after me. But in any event, I just threw a blast out, figuring that nobody from New York is really going to come out here, but let me put it out there. And within minutes, I got an email from a woman who said, we're definitely coming out. My nine-year-old daughter is so excited about Emily, about Emily Roebling. And that, like, it, like, really did my made my heart happy <laughs> you know well, because
0: well, we well we're, we're so. up on a short break and one of the things that I like to do with this platform is to encourage people to get involved in this process mm-hmm. so folks please um, if you reach out go to the website roblingplay.com you can also call 609-570-3330 for tickets 3333 uh, three, three, three.
1: Did I say yeah. zero? I'm no, interested.
0: I apologize. 570 okay. So that's 609 for tickets. And uh, go to the website, roblingplay.com, and there you can find out more about the play, and more about the family itself. And we'll be back after a short break, and you're listening to the Trenton 365 Show. And welcome back to the Trenton 365 show. I'm your host, Jacques Howard. Um, You're listening over WIMG 1300, streaming over the website, WIMG1300.com. Facebook and Twitter, WIMG1300. The Trenton 365 show is on Facebook. You can follow us on Twitter at Trenton365 and the website, Trenton365.com. In the studio with me is Ruth Marco and Mark Violi. Uh, In my mind, I want to say violin, from Mark (laughs) Violi and Ruth Marco, and they're talking about the Roebling Play, and uh, the website where you can find more information is simply roeblingplay.com, and that's spelled R-O-E-B-L-I-N-G. Robling, like uh, the family, and uh, we're talking about the Brooklyn Bridge, which is one of the, the major projects that the family created. But there's a lot more about the history, about the family that we're drilling down on uh, tonight. But uh, the play is about to be launched, and you can go to the website again, RoblingPlay.com, and you can purchase tickets there, or you can even call 609 570 3333 to learn more about the play. So, I'll uh, in the first half of the program, we were talking about a bunch of different things—the I mean, history of both of you, but also the history of the family—and uh, I've been enlightened about um, about the daughter, or excuse me, not the daughter, the wife right. daughter. of the son of John Roebling. Right. And uh, we were talking um, during the break about how this this story is is. It's pretty much modern day. You know, you've got a father who's an industrialist, he's an entrepreneur, he's got this great concept, he, he wants to build this bridge, he has a health issue, he ends up he ends up dying, his son now steps in to take over where his father was. His son has a health issue as well, which is preventing him from being able to able to fulfill the project and his wife now steps into that role, steps into it, um, and takes off and leads the charge, but also breaks glass ceilings mm-hmm. and so forth. Let's talk about Emily.
1: Okay. And let's <laughs>
0: talk about how awesome of a woman she was. Please. She
1: was absolutely awesome. Um, not, only, not only did she do this, and um, she actually was, she along with the president and the governor and the mayor and a whole bunch of dignitaries was the first one to cross the Brooklyn Bridge. Carrying a rooster.
2: Which we're told was a symbol of victory.
1: Or some of my uh, research no, You're looking says. a little confused, but this is absolutely <laughs> true. Yeah. But in any event, um, not only did, did she do all these things, but after that, after the bridge was completed, um, they both moved back to Trenton, to their home in Trenton, and she then went on to get a law degree from NYU. So, uh, and oddly enough, she actually uh, predeceased Washington, even though he was the ill one. He survived, he survived her by 20 years. Hmm. So she was a pretty awesome person. Um, and
2: uh. when you think about her contribution, her contributions uh, straddles many different areas, uh, from from engineering, mm-hmm. from from uh, helping her, her husband through through a uh, health crisis, through um, carrying on her family name, and, uh, and and leading charge of all these these men, all these immigrant workers, many of whom uh, don't even speak her language. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and she, she's out there walking the, the work site, giving instructions And to she them. was
1: very well respected by the men. And she was apparently so well known at the, at the conclusion of the bridge in 1883 that there were people who actually thought that she was the engineer. They didn't know that her husband was the chief engineer because she was so much a presence over there. And she was much more famous in her day than she is now. She's sort of been forgotten. There is a plaque for her at the Brooklyn Bridge, um, but it's fairly small. It it's definitely acknowledges her contribution, but it's a fairly small plaque compared to the size of the massive, massiveness of the whole bridge project. Mm-hmm. Um,
0: and um, during the break, so, so we were talking okay. about um, the father, but also the son, Washington, uh-huh. and, and him being in a wheelchair and not being able to move on, and then Emily stepping right into this. And we were talking about how that could be used as an educational point. Yes in modern-day times with um, the teaching of, of STEM to, to females um, in, in school, et cetera. Can we just, let me have like, both of your opinions on that, please.
1: Well, uh, we're very excited about, about doing that. Um, we're very excited about bringing our smaller production, The Emily Rowling Show, to schools. We, we de- developed it and created it exactly for that purpose, um, to, to bring the story of Emily and the family in general but focused on her to schools, to, to um, empower young girls to, to perhaps go on into scientific fields, um, engineering specifically, if they're interested. Um, and also just, just to show the empowerment of women, that a woman, like I said before, she, she's a woman who wasn't even allowed to vote at a time when women were considered to be pretty much the property of their husbands, you know, um, and yet here she is forging ahead in that climate and succeeding. And not doing it with the intention of breaking the glass ceiling. Or, or being just, famous. Or being or, famous. Mm-hmm. She just did it because it needed to be done. Mm-hmm. And that's the important right. thing. You know, we do things, we as women, we as human beings, we, we go forward because things need to be done. Mm-hmm. Not because we're trying to, like, prove a point mm-hmm. to anyone. You know, and that's how she did it. And then, you know, that, that, that's the story that, that grabbed me mm-hmm. of all of it.
0: And Mark, do you want to add to that? I uh, I would say
2: that we um we recognize that there's an opportunity to get this uh the story of the bridge and Emily's story in particular out to um, to schools and to students and i i, I have a ten year old daughter and and I know that there's a that there's a push for science education uh, and and math education and engineering even for um for girls and we we'd really like to, to be a part of that because we, we really do think that the Emily Roebling story has something to offer and the fact that that Emily is a is a local uh, person of history um, we think only um, make makes her story that much more intriguing and to right. know that she was por- a part of of such an iconic uh, landmark like the Brooklyn Bridge is is really amazing. Mm-hmm.
1: I wanted to get back a little bit to what you were saying about the immigrants also. It's yes. one thing I really wanted to talk about. Um, the, the people, the people that built the bridge were the, the people who came over on the boats from Europe and all over the place. So there were a lot of, there were a lot of uh, people from, uh, there were Eastern Europe, there were the Hungarians, and there were the Italians from the south. There were African-Americans from, that came up from the south of America. Um, and they all worked together to build, to build this project. And in fact, many of the people, when they finished working on the bridge they went off to the Statue of Liberty to build the, the the base of the Statue of Liberty Backbreaking, grueling work and then in 1905 because of the demand for this wound steel cable was so great after the Brooklyn Bridge, in fact every bridge in New York um, has Roebling wire on it, Roebling cables on it and bridges all, the Golden Gate Bridge mm-hmm. and bridges everywhere there was such a demand for this wound steel that uh, Charles Roebling, which was another one of John's sons, he had many sons, many children, um, built the town of Roebling, which is now here. It's the next town past Bordentown, two two towns from Trenton. I'm gonna put a pitch in for people to go to the town of Roebling and visit the Roebling Museum, this is a pitch, It is an amazing place, it's an amazing trip, and we're even offering, they along with us, are offering a dollar off admission to the museum for anybody who buys a ticket to the show. Mm -hmm. Anyone who comes to the show up until the end of the year can visit the Roebling Museum with the dollar off.
2: And again, we're (laughs) doing the Emily Roebling, uh, The Woman Who Saved the Brooklyn Bridge show, we're doing it at the museum uh, this Saturday. This Saturday
1: afternoon at 1. But in any event, um, so when the town was built, Again, the town was was a company town, industrial revolution company town. Um, Very, they were very well taken care of. The the and I learned this from my trips there. They were very well taken care of. They were uh, everybody loved working for the Roeblings, from what we understand. They had heated sidewalks. They had heated sidewalks, and they had the first air conditioned public building in America, which was the building that we performed in. And again, you know, there were like there were the the different immigrant classes, you know, and some of the immigrants came up from the South. They were immigrants in the Great Migration period, you know. Um, And everybody got along, from what I understand. I'm sure it wasn't entirely (laughs) like that, you know. But I'm sure that everybody had a common goal, which was to work for the Roblings and build the cables and do what they needed to do. So it's, and all this is right here. It's right here in our backyard. Um, if you just take the time to look
0: for it. You know, it's interesting that you say that. It's right here in, the, in our backyard, and, and I've been on my soapbox for a while talking about um, the city of Trenton and its region truly being the birthplace of America. Okay. If Washington didn't win the two battles of Trenton and subsequently the battle of Princeton, etc., there was a really good chance that he was losing his army and he would be demoted and he wouldn't even be in the military. But winning the battles of Trenton, set him on this course of becoming the person that he is. I mean, mm-hmm. he became George Washington in Trenton, New Jersey. Right. No doubt On about the streets it. of Trenton. absolutely right. right. And, um, you know, I, I'm working with, uh, with uh, a few other residents about how we can, we can do some different things, like with the Battle Monument mm-hmm. um, and getting that recognized, getting the upkeep of that done a bit more. Patriots Week is a wonderful event that takes place, and it needs to be, in my opinion, it needs to be larger and more expansive, and more people need to know about it, especially our children. And I say that um, just like when we were talking on the break, how I like to marry the the past and the future right. and understand. Okay, we're right in the middle of this. I mean, the, the present times, and no, nothing's perfect, and we don't expect things to be perfect. But what we can do is we can look back upon the history and say, how can we form what we want our future to look like? And I think. Oftentimes, we miss those opportunities because we're not uh, progressive enough in thought, and we're not having the right people at the table. Mm-hmm. So when I think about immigration, and I want to go back to that, so a couple of the key things I want to bring up is women's rights and immigration and health care, because that's mm-hmm. part of the story that I've learned tonight about the Roebling family, is that immigrants help build the Brooklyn Bridge. Absolutely. Immigrants help make the Roebling family, the family that they are. The immigrants who are here in our country right now are fully engaged in making our country a better country. Absolutely. So it behooves us to say, well, come on in and let's talk about this and how we can work together so that as we move forward as a, as a society, we can look back on these stories and say, oh, wow, you know, Roebling's not the only one who came up with this ingenious idea of a bridge. You know this region had people from other parts of the world who came here heard the story of roebling and said wait a minute we were doing this in my country
1: maybe we can marry this together and maybe mm-hmm. we, maybe we'll have a bunch of bridges around that are for bikes i don't know well um speaking about bikes i did i really had the intention that, i don't think it's going to happen this year of going from the roebling complex to the town of roebling to the roebling museum as a bike ride one day and i will do it someday mm-hmm. this year probably not
0: yeah, we'll put that out we'll there. We'll I mean, put it out. We, we tried, but it just didn't work out. But that doesn't mean that we... we, we persistence. We'll do it. So we'll the, do it. The
1: other thing I wanted to mention, you were talking about Patriots Week, and I'm going to do another little pitch while we're at it. Theater to Go actually is doing something for Patriots Good. Week. Uh, we, I have another original play that someone has pr- pr- given to me, which we're, we're only going to be doing as a staged reading for one night only, and that's on December 28th, and it's called um, The Trial of Abraham Hunt an American Christmas story, and it's about a uh, little-known event that happened uh, the Night of the Crossing that that, uh, allowed Washington to actually, the Washington's men to actually hit the Hessian barracks the way he did. Um, Anyway, that's all I'm going to say about that. But that's going to be at the 1867 Sanctuary as part of uh, Patriots Week, Mm -hmm. a a costume-staged reading of that play. And that should be interesting. We'll see what people have to say.
0: Absolutely. Mark, you you were going to say something?
2: I, I I would mention um, we're talking about George Washington now all of a sudden, which is nice. Um, <laughs> uh, I, I was part of, uh, of writing a, a documentary script um, about a signer of the Declaration of, of Independence from Ewing, uh, John Hart, mm-hmm. and uh, the, the movie is called uh, John Hart: Portrait of a Patriot, and it was written by m- myself as a junior writer, I would say, and the the heavy lifting and the research was uh, was done by a, a descendant. Of, of John Hart, uh, Dave Hart, and he, he he's a, he's an area guy, very interested in in, in history, and um, he he was producing on on his own dime the uh, the documentary v- version of the film, and I believe it's just about wrapped uh, filming, and they and they shot all over all over Trenton for it. And so one and of
1: one of our actors who was in the Robling right. play and many plays with me with Theater to Go is in the movie. And he so plays
0: John Hart. He plays John yes. Hart. You uh, so, see, folks. So you see how this <laughs> this is how community works. You know, we bring people together. We share opinions and thoughts and ideas, and then before you know it, you've got films and documentaries and uh, educational components, and we're breaking down these uh, sometimes just imaginary walls. Because in the end, all we want to do is we all want to have a better life for us, for our family, and for our communities. That's Absolutely. all what we really want. You know, I want to I want to shift gears and talk about um, art education. Mm-hmm. Um, something that's very important to me, I went to school, I've got a degree in art and uh, my daughter's an artist and to me I see art in everything. If something is made, if it's created I'm thinking of who was the artist that came up with the concept and, and engineers are artists in my opinion as well. So art in education and in the schools. Just, uh, just some freestyle thoughts from both of you.
1: Well I'm, I'm going to tell you what I think about theater I can speak specifically about theater. Um, I think some of the most knowledgeable people in the world are people who are involved in theater, whether they've been to college or not. Because the very experience of theater, of doing shows and reading scripts and getting into characters and learning about interactions broadens your horizons so much. And um, I think it's, it's like, the world's best education is getting, it's, it's like literature, but instead of just reading, you can participate, and when you participate, um, it just opens up something in you. So I think theater, and and I, and I assume, you know, all the other arts kind of fit in the same way. When you can experience something with your hands, with your mind, with your heart, it you take something away with you that you don't just take away by sitting in an audience and looking at it you know and that's very important to me which is one of the reasons why theater to go I'm so I'm so enamored of our audience participation work because it really breaks down that fourth wall and it allows people to experience something different and it allows people to play I with theater to go I mean we do comedies a lot of the things that we do and I say mo- most adults stop playing at the age of 12 but <laughs> actors keep playing for the rest of our lives so we're going to ask you to jump into the sandbox with us for a couple of hours you know and people love it I mean, I had one person, one, one time I ran into her at the mall, and she said to me, weren't we in that murder mystery together last night? And I went, I guess so. I was, <laughs> I was the actor. Like, yeah. So that kind of thing is very important to me, and it's great training for everybody to be important. I want to
2: pick up on something you you mentioned, Ruth, that uh, it's like it, it's like literature. Well, uh, when you think of uh, Shakespeare, mm-hmm. th- those are plays. Right. And they were meant to be performed live in front of an audience. Um, that's just just one example, but there are a few things, Jacques, that I feel more strongly about than arts education. Um, I, like you, I, I have a degree in art, I'm, I'm a writer, and I'm an actor, and I, I love talking about it and experiencing it with people. And uh, I've had the, the opportunity to, sp- to speak in front of uh, groups and, and, and even uh, several schools, and people are interested. There, there there's, there's a thirst for it out there. If um, we, we we just need to knock down a few a few walls and get over a few hurdles so we can get get to that audience and, and it doesn't have to be a full-scale production mm-hmm. in, their, in their all-purpose room. But it, it could be a writer, an actor, going in and speaking to, uh, to a group of students, a, a group of interested students, because they're out there, Jacques. I know you know that they are. Mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, Jacques, but before, way before I started Theatre Girl and I was just an actor, I wasn't even directing, I worked for um, a group called Creative Theatre at that time. It's now defunct. And it's creative dramatics for children. Um, and I, it was the, that's exactly what we did. We went in there and we had kids create and we had kids become walls and whatever, you know. And it started at very young ages. And I think that's what that and improvisational theater really got me into this whole embracing of, of getting everybody involved as much as possible. And I just want to go back to the, to the Roebling thing. Um, at the end of every production, you mentioned Clifford Zink. Mm-hmm. And at the end of every performance, um, we invite Clifford to come up and we do a talk back with the audience. And they, they ask all kinds of questions. They ask questions about how we did the play. And then they ask questions about the bridge. And then they give their anecdotes about their families, uh, people that they knew that worked for the Rowlings. And I don't know if you've ever been to talkback in theater. But very often, talkback in theater lasts about five or 10 minutes. And then people start getting antsy and you leave. <laughs> I can tell you that these, these Rowling talkbacks, we could stay for an hour. People just don't move from their seats. They just really want to be involved. And having Clifford there to really elaborate on the history is is, is a gift. It's a gift mm-hmm. you know, to have him there. And he's been a very close collaborator with us from the beginning. Mm-hmm. In fact, his book, The World War Legacy, um, in the back of the book, he has pictures of our production from Roebling. That's mm. in his book. So we're immortalized. Unfor- <laughs> Unfortunately,
2: that book was
0: not available when I was doing research
2: for the play. <laughs> no, that's true.
1: That's true. Uh, but I we're, were. For yes. the next people, our Absolutely. production is in
0: there. <laughs> so before we sign off and end the program, mm-hmm. why don't you both um, do your final pitch to people who may be interested in coming to the play, give the contact information, and plug it one more time.
1: Okay. Mark, you want to do the plug, and I'll sure. present our T-shirt. Oh. As we're doing it, I'm going to present our T-shirt to... Uh, to Jacques.
2: Well, we certainly... uh, That's for you. Thank you. We're certainly excited about performing the the play again at Kelsey Theater. It opens uh, November 11th, and it runs that that weekend. Uh, There's an evening performance on Friday the 11th, uh, Saturday the 12th, and there's a matinee performance at 2 p.m. on Sunday the 13th, and you can get all the information about about tickets and about the the true history of of the building of the bridge and the Roebling family at roeblingplay.com. And we'd love to see everybody out there. And bring your kids. Bring your kids.
1: And uh, the T-shirt here, for those of you who can't see it, it's I Heart the Brooklyn Bridge. I Love the Brooklyn Bridge. And there it is. That's for you. And along with that is a little keychain from Theater to Go, which is your own mini handcuffs.
0: You have to be careful with those because they (laughs) do work. Oh, really? (laughs) Well, uh, I won't be getting them around my wrist. No. Uh, that, that, No. that That is for sure. So before we finish up, And thank you again for the lovely gifts. I I appreciate all gifts. So thank you so much for that. (laughs) So what I'd like to, to, to talk about is how can we come together and start getting more of this information out? How do we reach masses of people to have them come together and say, hey, you know, art is cool. Art is fun. I mean, it's going to help me as a person. But then give them some information, some historical information, like the wonderful story of the Roebling family, the Brooklyn Bridge, wire rope. And then we can tie that into people coming into Trenton to see these buildings and these factories right. and then go down to the Roebling, mm-hmm. the city of Roebling and go to the museum and then come back later and say, oh, you know, I can identify those cable wires on these bridges uh-huh. because they were made in Trenton by the Roebling family. Okay. How do we do this?
1: Well, I think one way to do it would be our bike ride. It would be our bike ride. Okay. I think that involves people. Um, I think another way to do it is just to have conversations like this and make sure that people hear about it and, and uh, come out and, and, and check it out. Um,
2: um, We've seen uh, some awakenings that, that are really pleasant um, f- from audience members who, right. who've, who've come to see the play, people who've, who've uh, never seen a play before. Yes, we, yes. we had a, a woman who was in her 50s easily uh, come up to Ruth a- after the performance at, at the State Museum and say, "I kn- this was the first play I ever saw. She said,
1: I've never seen anything like this before. I said, what do you mean? You never saw something about the Brooklyn Reed? She said, no, I've never seen a play before. It made my heart sing. It really did, you know, that there was something that moved her about this story.
0: Fantastic, uh, Ruth Marco and Mark Violi. Share the contact information one more time about the Roebling Play, please.
1: Okay, it's uh, www.roeblingplay.com, and uh, it's going to be at Kelsey Theater, which is uh, kelseytheater.net or five six zero nine five seven zero three 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 three. You can get some more information on our Facebook page, which is Roebling Play, and then of course Theater to Go NJ on Facebook and theater2go.com on the web.
2: And Kelsey Theater is very easy to find. It's right on the campus of Mercer County Community College.
0: Yeah, the main campus yes. in West Windsor. It's the main Winter. campus That's in correct. West Windsor. Yes. It's Fantastic. a beautiful
1: theater and we're really looking forward to doing it there. It's the first, I think it's the first time we're doing it in that type of a space in a nice big It's going to be a great show
0: It's going to be a great show Excellent, Ruth Marco and Mark Violi thank you so much for coming on to the Trenton 365 show
1: Thank you you so much You're welcome
0: folks You've been listening and watching the Trenton 365 show her Tuesday nights right here in New Jersey's oldest radio station studio WIMG 1300 All these shows are archived on the website trenton365.com And um, send me an email trenton365show at gmail.com if you want to have a conversation preferably over food Uh, If you want to have a conversation, you'd like for me to come out and talk to your small group, you have an idea, a concept, or you would like to suggest a guest, just reach out to me. Take care, friends. Have a great night.